Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new Pennywise podcast from Lee Enterprises. I'm your host, Terry Barr. All right, if you have been to basically any store or business in recent times, you've probably noticed maybe some things are gone or the prices are up. What is going on? Well, we're going to get some answers today from our friend with Forbes Advisor. Lisa Rowan is here. She's the consumer finance expert with Forbes. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This is something that affects us all, so I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so first of all, just in general, what is going on right now with the supply-demand chain and these prices we're seeing? Yeah, suddenly everyone has to pay attention to supply chain. You know, it's not just those experts that are out there. It's affecting us. The thing that we're finding is that supply chains that got messed up last year during the pandemic still are not fixed. And we're seeing new challenges across industries, across products. And basically what the supply chain is, just to give it like a really basic description for people who aren't familiar and who, you know, have been trying to avoid some of this news is that supply chain is everything from the raw product that maybe grows in a field uh, to the finished product that lands in your home after it comes off, you know, the delivery truck. So if any part of that system from start to finish gets interrupted for some reason, it breaks down the whole chain and it delays production of the items that we rely on all the time. So what we're seeing right now is different parts of the chain are having interruptions and uh, that's making it harder to get products to consumers on time. Uh, And it's also causing prices to go up for the products that are available because there's a difference. There's a gap between supply that is available and the demand that consumers are putting on it. And so when there's an imbalance there, that's when you often see prices go up. Can we talk about one example? And, And I heard about this in the last day or two, Starbucks. Maybe this will be an example, then we can dive into what else you're seeing, but this may be an example that kind of hits home and explains what's really happening. Yeah. So Starbucks, uh, Well, they didn't exactly announce it. Reporters figured out that Starbucks (laughs) has about 25 items on its menu that are just not available in a lot of parts of the country right now. It's everything from, I have it written down, hazelnut syrup, uh, toffee syrup, tea bags, um, iced tea products. There's a reporter on the Forbes advisor team who drinks these iced teas all the time. I said, are you going to be okay? Uh, And it's a huge chain like that, like Starbucks. And when they can't get a ton of products, they really have no choice, but to take them off the menu for the duration until they can get a steady supply of those products. So when you're going to the big chains, you're going to see a lot of things that are temporarily off the menu, or they aren't available in the grocery store. Uh, And that that's going to be something that is going to happen probably regardless of where you are in the country. And also regardless of where you shop and where you spend your money, this is not just one business or one chain that's affected, but Starbucks is a really good example of a big business that's facing these challenges. Okay. So that sets us up for what else we are seeing right now, go up in price or just not be on the shelves. Tell us more about this, Lisa, and what we can be expecting now in the days ahead, obviously. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. let me start by continuing to talk about food products, right? Because I think that's where a lot of us are going to feel the pinch uh, the most because everyone buys food, right? Right. So you're going to see this um, in grocery stores and at restaurants. There are shortages across industries, like I said, but one of the big ones that we're seeing is in the 
the meat industry, poultry in particular, you've probably heard rumors that chicken wings are scarce right now. It's hard to find a chicken wing. And this is where we see this overlap from problems during the pandemic to problems right now. We're still in the pandemic, but if you think about the early days of the pandemic, we had these waves of employees that were getting sick at meatpacking plants. And so you can't just have them keep working while they're sick, right? You have to shut down the line. You have to close things down. And so that, that makes it uneven for these supplies to get to the grocery store. We're seeing that again, as we still are trying to get people vaccinated and back to work. Uh, We're also seeing this in issues that farmers have been having and getting, you know, steady product out of their areas. Uh, And we're also seeing it too with some labor shortages. We'll talk about that probably a little bit later on, but uh, it's hard for some companies to hire right now because workers are realizing that they should probably getting paid more for a lot of the work that they're doing. So there's a bit of a tension there. So if you uh, are getting chicken wings for a cookout this summer, if you're getting hamburger patties, those are probably going to be a little bit more expensive if you can grab them in the grocery store. There was an if there, if. If, if, right? (laughs) Right, So you've got to plan ahead. Do not wait until the day of the barbecue to go get the meat to put on the grill. Okay. Plan ahead. Uh, but it's also outside of our borders too. So for instance, coffee, we were just talking about Starbucks Mm -hmm. coffee is another place where we're going to see issues, not just now, but for the next couple of years, because Brazil, the place where we get most of our coffee beans from they've had really severe droughts. So you can't just wish more coffee beans to grow, uh, you know, in fields that have been decimated by drought. So there could be an imbalance. There's enough coffee right now. Like it's going to be okay right now, but over the next few years, you could see lower amounts of coffee coming from these hubs around the world. And that could cause the prices to go up in the grocery store. It is so fascinating to see how this happens, why it happens, and how long it can actually continue on. You would think once right. everything gets moving, oh, we're good. But no, this yeah. this has a long-term impact. And I know you're talking about food and we've talked about coffee, but it's not just these kinds of items either that uh, uh-huh. right now we're seeing impacted. Yeah. Especially if you're thinking about paper products, um, everything from baby diapers to paper towels, toilet paper, like we could see another toilet paper shortage. Uh This is a really good example of, okay. So I know that this, uh, boat that got stuck in the Suez canal happened Mm -hmm. several weeks ago, but we are still seeing the impact of that incident because it delayed shipping back and forth in that area for weeks. I think they are still sort of fixing those issues. So you have to think about how things get to us. They come on these big boats and big containers. There's a disconnect between where the containers are in the world and where they need to be to get things to us on the boats that are also delayed. So you have those transportation issues that are bugging a lot of industries, sort of like the paper products and like household products. But you also have to think about the raw materials, right? So Mm -hmm. sort of like the, uh, it's a, a flip side of the coffee bean issue, right? So we have plenty of trees, but not all of them are trees that you can break down into pulp for paper products, Mm, right? Not every tree is the perfect kind for that. And so there have been delays, you know, processing this uh, wood into pulp to be used for paper products. And that's causing delays in getting it out into the world for people to use in their products. So it's taking longer to produce the pulp 
prices are going up because people want it. And sometimes you just have to pay a premium. So we're starting to see a bit of higher prices on the shelves um, when it comes to toilet paper, paper towels, napkins, baby diapers. Definitely. If you're seeing those prices start to go up, look for coupons, use them as much as you can look for those sales, because we could see a, a bit of a hike in these for a while. Um, and if you want me to jump to the other side of the wood issue, yes. I could talk about lumber, Terry. Well, and it's so interesting because, um, you know, we just had to replace some of the wood on our deck and we're shocked by the price. So please, please tell us what is going on when it gets to the actual wood that many of us need for different projects. This is another thing that's similar to pulp. We have lots of trees. They're not all made to be cut into two by fours. And right. so when there is a shortage of being able to process this wood, get it to the Home Depot and the Lowe's to get it to you to work on your deck, uh, you know, that's where we're seeing lumber prices skyrocket. And we're in a hot housing market right now. You know, yeah. it is. It is not news to anyone that, you know, home prices are up. Inventory is low. And so if you're someone who's maybe trying to sell your house this summer, but needs to do a couple of fixes beforehand, you're going to pay more for that wood and for those supplies. And so that's something to keep in mind. If you have been dreaming of doing a home renovation or flipping a house, or even just, you know, buying your first house, it's going to be a fixer upper. You have to take these higher prices into account. It really is going to impact, I think, as you mentioned earlier in our discussion here, everybody's bottom line. And, and you're talking about things that, honestly, when I look at the list of what you've discussed, these are things almost all of us need or use at some point during a yeah. week. Huh. Okay. So what do we do? <laughs> Help. <laughs> The thing you have to do is hold on tight. And I know that some of this news that we get ends up being alarming because of just looking at the sheer numbers. And I'll give you an example of this. Okay. So today on the day we're recording, the consumer price index was released for the month of May. And that tells you how much higher or lower prices have gotten for everything. There's a big long list. It's everything from milk to gasoline to lumber. And uh, so what we found in May is that prices went up 5% over what they were in May of 2020. And so, right, this seems alarming to hear 5% and also to hear that it was the biggest 12-month increase since the middle of the Great Recession. So if you're a consumer sitting at home, you're thinking, oh, heck, like, how am I going to afford these things at the grocery store? Like, mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I'm already on a tight budget. But the thing to keep in mind is that we're looking at prices last year. We're comparing to then and prices were a lot lower than normal last sure. year because of the pandemic. People just weren't buying as much because we were all stuck at home. Right. So don't think about prices in general went up 5% prices last year during an anomaly of a year, okay. uh, have risen 5%. So we're sort of not even back to pre pandemic levels of prices yet. So we're not really sure what is going to become the new normal for prices as we're dealing with supply chain issues and as we're dealing with um, concerns about inflation as the economy recovers. Correct. So how do you add in? Um, okay, so the prices were lower, prices are moving mm -hmm. back up, but when you say 5%, I think of people's salaries and it's not very often people get a 5% increase in their salary from year right. to year. So, and, and we're seeing help wanted signs everywhere. So mm -hmm. there's going to be some conflict, I think, there between what people are making and what they can afford to buy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
it's something where like the way I think about it is you're, you're not going to see everything rise at the same rate. So you might see some things in your area. Um, the prices don't rise at all. Maybe chicken wings are more expensive, but eggs are not more expensive. Right. So it's not going to be, everything is suddenly more expensive all at once, but it is a great time to be looking at your budget, to be thinking Mm -hmm. about what you're spending on things normally, or like right now, like take a baseline right now and see what you're spending on things like eggs, milk, uh, you know, gas for the car, that sort of thing. And then you'll be able to sort of anticipate, uh, as these prices rise, like finding a little bit of wiggle room in your budget. You know, there are some things you can live without at the grocery store. Um, but some things you can't, like if you have a child who's in diapers, you cannot live without the baby diapers. Right. So you might have to make some temporary adjustments. You might be able to find some deals. Like I said, manufacturer coupons, store loyalty Mm -hmm. programs, use these to your advantage. And I am not telling you to go hoard things, but I am telling you to buy an extra pack when you see something that is something you use a lot and you see it on sale because you don't know what that price is going to be next week. Uh, And, you know, you want to be prepared for those fluctuations as best you can. Well, let me ask you about this, too. I think we uh, learned in the last couple of days that a number of states are already, if not, uh, chopping that extra unemployment money. How is that going to impact people's, obviously, it's a, a simple question, but how will that impact people's bottom lines? And what does that mean to these rising prices then? Yeah, it's it's sort of no good news here. So the best case scenario for someone who's about to lose federal unemployment benefits in their state is that their weekly unemployment payment will go down by $300 per week. The very worst case scenario is that they will no longer be able to get any benefits. They will no longer be eligible in their state and they will go back to no benefits. Mm. And so you have a lot of instability on the horizon here for people who live in states that are saying there's a labor shortage. They are saying that there are plenty of jobs available and people need to get back to work, but that doesn't exactly reflect the reality of being able to get a job that fits your skills or getting a job that makes you comfortable with, you know, any health concerns that you may have, regardless Mm -hmm. of whether or not you've been vaccinated. So there's a bit of a tension between, uh, states, uh, providing benefits. Those are going away in half of states, uh, at some point this summer earlier than planned. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you have, you know, this disconnect between employers and potential employees, you know, like I said earlier, workers are starting to realize that there are a lot of risks inherent to their jobs and they want to be compensated and they may not want to grab the first job that's available if it doesn't pay well, but at the same time, you're not getting any benefits to be able to sit at home and keep looking for a job and wait for something that's a better fit. You know, you're, you're, you're forced into a really difficult position if you're in one of these states. So we're going to see that be a bit difficult over the next couple of months for a lot of people. And again, I I go back to that um, increase of 5% on prices of some of the items we've talked about. But again, none of us get that 5% increase in a salary. So this is really going to be um, an interesting thing with the supply and demand to watch how this shakes out. Is there something that we should kind of take notice of as we uh, sort of move into the summer and keep our eyes on this too? 
I think it's important to look at both your short-term needs and your long-term needs. Um, You know, one of the items that we didn't really talk about was gasoline prices going up. And that's something where we have gasoline, it's available. It's a matter of getting it to people and there's a labor shortage. There's a shortage of truck drivers right now. And so some people are having to wait longer to get gas at the gas station at the corner and the prices are going up. So think of it this way. If you are uh, planning like to go to the park one day with your kids and you're going to gas up the car and you're going to go and you're ever going to have a great day out. Don't not do that. Go ahead and do that and take that trip and pay a little bit more for once. Right. But if you're planning on taking a three week trip cross country in your car, you might want to plan ahead on your budget a little more and be thinking about what it's really going to cost to pay for that thing that you might not think about otherwise. So mm-hmm. I think when you're thinking about larger purchases, like improvements on your house with those lumber prices, yeah. it's easier to plan a little bit of that out. But if you're thinking about those short-term purchases that you might buy without thinking about, just take a check on your budget. Just take a little bit more notice of what you're spending so that there aren't any surprises later on when you look back and you say, well, where did all my money go? Oh gosh. Yeah. That's the worst surprise of all. Oh, wow. We want to have a fun summer, not a panicky summer. Absolutely. Okay. So some of the things again, that we sort of uh, went through, we were talking about different food products, paper products. Um, uh, One other thing I wanted to ask you about, because this isn't something that people talk a lot about, but yet we have it in almost everything. Those semiconductor chips, that's another thing it's a shortage and it's a price increase. So what does that mean to us? Everyone's talking about these semiconductor chips when you're thinking about technology and it's not just the technology that's in your cell phone or your tablet. It is in your car on your dashboard or in some of the sensors in your car, right? So we don't make a ton of these chips Mm -hmm. in the U S they come from Asia and Asia really shut down a lot of those factories during the pandemic. They have not been able to catch up yet. So you have a problem. You can't just magically create chips out of factories that are just getting back to their regular schedules. And you can't, uh, magically like wish them to happen out of factories that don't exist in the U S. So If you think about one industry that's really affected in the United States right now, it's the automobile manufacturing industry. We make a ton of cars, but without these chips, they're sitting on the assembly line and they can't be made. And this is why car prices are going up, especially for used cars, because they're already made. They already have these components. Mm -hmm. So one thing that the U.S. government is doing, and it's, it's a work in progress, it has not been finalized yet, but the Senate just voted this week to approve what's called the U.S. Innovation and Competition Act. And what that does is it would put $52 billion in emergency funds toward semiconductor chip manufacturing in the United States. It's meant to bolster our ability to take care of ourselves when it comes to some of these components, instead of relying on something that comes from overseas. It's about planning for the unplanned, right? If something happens like this again, and global trade gets shut down because of a health emergency, what are we going to do? So this plan is hoping to mitigate some of those issues, prevent them from happening in the future and also put some investment in American manufacturing and innovation. So this is an interesting one to watch. The House was out of session when the Senate voted to approve this. So it's going to go to the House for a vote. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't predict the future, but it looks like there's going to be a focus in the next few months on how can we prevent this shortage from happening again? But in the meantime, if you're trying to buy a car, that price is not going to be, it's not going to be fun. Right. 
Wow, we have covered a lot of things in this. <laughs> Always fascinating to talk with you. And I guess bottom line, just everybody, do your budgeting. That's what we talk about in yeah. every single Pennywise podcast. And, you know, I can talk about it too, but I've learned a lot and have started to try to do what I talk with you about. So it's a good idea. It really is. Yeah. And you, <sighs> the next time you're digging around in your car cup holders or in your purse and you find an old grocery, <laughs> yes. grocery receipt from a few months ago, just look at the prices and compare them to what you're seeing now and see if you notice anything different. And it could be a great, you know, budgeting lesson for your family to just pay a little bit more attention to the prices of the things that mm-hmm. you may not think about. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Lisa, thank you so much. Um, you've walked us through it. And there again, there was a lot here. And we appreciate you diving in to every single thing so we can know what to expect. Lisa Rowan, she is a consumer finance expert with Forbes Advisor. Lisa, thank you. Terry, thanks so much for having me. It was fun to talk to you again. Always a pleasure. And don't forget, everybody, you can find our Pennywise podcasts wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And hope you'll join us every week. We have a new episode. Thanks again to Lisa and uh, goodbye to all of you. 